that I've made forever. Please go away. It's about to be cold. Just stay. <laughs> Have fun. Awesome. Well, yeah, my name is Luke. I'm an apprentice pastor here, and uh, I get to preach this morning, which is awesome, and I'm super ready for it. So I got to preach this message last week, actually. So um, one run through, you guys will get the dedication. Um, but yeah, so we've been working our way through Colossians. So if you have a Bible, open up to Colossians 1.15. So Colossians is all about the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus. Basically, Jesus overall, Jesus is enough. That's what Colossians is all about. That's what Paul is writing to the Colossians to say. Because the Colossians have been told that Jesus isn't enough. He actually, you need him plus some other things. You need him plus other gods, plus other rituals, plus anything else. And that's what we get told in our culture today. If you go to the mall, you can get a tarot card reading, like in the mall, which is crazy. And I bet those people wouldn't even say that Jesus is bad. They would say, oh yeah, that's great, plus Jesus. Jesus is great, plus do some new age stuff. Plus, do some mysticism and, and, and Hinduism and Buddhism. Do these things as well as, thereby taking away Jesus' authority, power, sufficiency. So Paul is saying, Jesus is enough. He is above all others. And we're going to be going through 15 to 29, verses 15 to 29, but spending a large chunk of time just on 15 to 20. So as we start, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, to open our eyes so that we can know God. I read a verse uh, when I was preparing the sermon last week, and it said, Oh, the depth of the riches and wonders and knowledge of God. The depth. And I want us to experience the depth of it this morning. So let's pray. I'm just asking. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the incredible stories just coming in from Mike and Vanessa. Thank you for their ministry. God, thank you that you are moving for the reminder that you are real, that you are enough, and that you are working in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes and our hearts to see you, to know the depths, the riches and the wonders and the knowledge of you, God. Help us to know your Amen. So verses 15 to 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He is the image of the invisible 
in the Old Testament, in the, New, in the Ten Commandments, God said, don't make a carved image, don't make a carved likeness of anything, including himself. This is because nothing can accurately, perfectly reflect who God is. We are made in the image of God, yes, but we are broken and sinful, so we do not perfectly reflect Paul is saying here that there is somebody who is the exact image. There is somebody who is God himself, who has the same characteristics, the same nature, the same heart, everything. Paul is saying that there is somebody who is the image of the invisible God. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 says this, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is God. God is invisible, and yet in Jesus, God became visible. We can know God because when we look at Jesus, we can see the Father. And that's what Jesus says in John 14, 9. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And though Jesus isn't walking around in this room, he walked this earth, and he is alive, and we can see him through his word. We can know God through Jesus. That's incredible. Jesus is God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. The firstborn of all creation. This does not mean that Jesus was the first creature created by God, even though that's how it, it look, what it looks like. It means that Jesus is the highest, highest position over all things. And we know this because God says to David, in Psalm 89, 27, he says, I will make him, David, the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. The firstborn, which is the highest of the kings of the earth. So it's a title. And David was the youngest of his, of his family. So God is saying, I'm going to make you the firstborn. I'm going to put you above everything. Highest of the kings of the earth. And so Paul is using that language to say, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. The firstborn of all creation. There is nothing over the entire world that Jesus doesn't declare that is mine. Jesus is the firstborn, the ruler, the authority, the king over all creation. He is in charge. And he is the creator. He is the creator. And we see this in the next passage. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. All things. Did you guys see the sunrise this morning? It was beautiful. It was orange and pink and red, and I was in awe. And Jesus created that. He created the cycles and the systems and the seasons that make that happen. Jesus did. He created the sunrise. He created the mountains in all of their different shapes. He created the ocean and the lake, which we were talking about before the service. We don't know, I don't think, we don't know how deep it is. There is so much creation that we don't even know about. The galaxies and how big the universe is. We're just guessing at this point. We have no idea. And it's still expanding after Jesus' word. 
Jesus is the creator of all things, the stars. When you see shooting stars, that's Jesus being the creator. And you, you are created by God. You are created by God. All things were created through him. You, your family, your kids, your coworkers, everybody is created through him. Everybody is made in the image of God. We are equal. Everything was made through him. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. All things were created by him and through him. But not only that, all things were created for him. All things were created for him. So the, the everything, stars, sun, planets, all of them, they were created for Jesus, the glory of Jesus that it might be seen in the world. But you this morning, you and me, created for Jesus. Your purpose is for Jesus, to know Jesus. That void that, that we feel, that this world feels, when we're looking for our purpose outside of Jesus, that void will not go away except when we know God, except when we know the one who we've been created by and the one who we have been created for. Jesus is our purpose. We are created to worship him, created to give him glory. Our world sometimes says that God is an egomaniac for creating us for his glory. He just created us to worship him. That seems kind of self-centered, kind of selfish. That's right. But God is the greatest good. He is perfect. He is the only thing worthy of our worship. Because we all worship something. I tend to worship my favorite sports team, Manchester United. And I would wear their shirt this morning if my wife, Rachel, didn't say it was a bad idea, I would, because I love them so much. I worship them sometimes. I get too, I get so involved in it that it just takes up all of my, I'm just yelling at the screen like, you're amazing, you know, just going crazy for the sports team. This sports team filled with guys just kicking the ball around. And it's, yes, it's a good thing, but it's not what our hearts have been made to worship. But if we're so willing to worship something that is imperfect and just kind of ridiculous, how much more should we worship the God who does not lack anything, who is perfect, who is loving, who is holy, glorious, wonderful, powerful, miracle-working, peace-giving, forgiving? He is the only one who deserves all. It is an honor that we get to worship him. It is an honor because it is what we have been created for. Revelations 4.11 says this, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. God is worthy to receive our praise because he created you, because he created the world. He deserves the glory, the honor, and the power. You were created by Him and for Him. So if you're looking for your purpose, look to Jesus. You woke up this 
morning with breath in their lungs to know you, to know the one who created you and who would love you. All things were created for him, and he is before all things. Paul is driving home the point that Jesus is creator God. He's before all things, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He has always been. He has no beginning and no end. He is the beginning and the end. He always has been. He's before all things. And in him, all things hold together. All the amazing things of creation and science that we can't wrap our head around, that we're looking for an explanation for, it's all held together by Jesus. The reason that the sun comes up every morning is because of Jesus. The reason that, the gra- that gravity is working so perfectly is because of Jesus. The reason that the seas aren't overflowing is because of Jesus. The reason that, that, that science and breath and oxygen and everything that you could think of is still working and happening to give us life is because of Jesus. Jesus holds all things together. And he is holding you together this morning. He's holding you together. When your life just feels like it's a mess, that nothing is going right, that everything is upside down, inside out, Jesus is the only thing that is unchanging. He is stable, he is constant, and he is the one thing that is keeping you together. He is with you, and he holds you. That feeling when when you just had the worst day, but your kid or your spouse or your friend gives you a hug and tells you it's going to be okay, and told you it's going to be okay. Jesus is holding you right now. Saying it's going to be okay. You are going to be okay. This is all working out. I will make a way because I've created you and I'm not going to let you down. He's holding you. So verses 15 to 17 are about Jesus' relationship with creation. How he is the creator of all things. That he's the firstborn, the ruler. He is supreme over all. And verses 18 to 20 are about. Jesus' relationship with the church, with you and me, with us this morning. In verse 18, and from, actually just from the next few verses, Paul over and over again reiterates Jesus' authority and his firstness over the church. He says he is the head of the body. He says that he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might be preeminent. Paul again and again is saying, Jesus first, Jesus is above all, Jesus is enough, Jesus is holding you together, it's all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus. He is the head of the body, the church. Fun fact, did you know that you are completely dependent on your head? Completely dependent on it. At the risk of this being the only thing that you take away from this whole sermon, I, ha- I have an illustration that uh, proves this point. Uh, 
Mike the Headless Chicken lived for 18 months without a head. 18 months with no head. Anyway, I say that just to the point that we are not chickens. We are people and we need our heads. Okay? I do not know why I put that in my sermon. Rachel told me not to. But I went with it. I should just listen. I should listen. We need our heads. We need our heads. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. That means that the church has no life if Jesus is not front and center. Jesus has, our, the church has no, no purpose, no power, no energy. The church is dead if Jesus is not at the front of everything we do. The reason that 33 is still going strong is because Jesus is at the forefront. Because we're following Jesus. Because we're getting everything we need from Jesus. We cannot make a difference in our community and in our city if Jesus is not at the front. You cannot make a difference in your life, in my life, if Jesus is not at the front. If we are not looking for everything in Jesus. Jesus is the head and we are totally dependent on Jesus. Totally dependent. This is something that I need to embrace. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. Every day when you wake up, you need Jesus. And you need him. You need him. You need him in order to be alive. This also means that he is in charge of the church, which we'll get to in a second. But he is the total authority over the church. He is the head of the body, the church, the beginning. He is the beginning. Again, the Alpha, the Omega, the great I Am, supreme over all. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Revelations 1, 17 to 18 says this. This is Jesus talking. It says, I am the first and the last and the living one. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Jesus was killed, but after three days he rose, and he rose not to die again, but to live forever. Beating death, Hades, hell, the enemy, forever. He is the living one. He is the firstborn from the dead. The king over life. So that in everything he might be preeminent. In the church, Jesus beat death and the enemy and hell forever so that he might be the first in our lives. So that he might be first in the church. So that we could depend completely on him. From him is fullness of life. And only from him. He is above all. He is sovereign. He is supreme. And he should be preeminent in our lives because of what the next couple of verses say. Verse 19 says this, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Again, Jesus, fully man and fully God, meaning that he is enough. He is enough for us. He is God incarnate. And Him being enough for us is everything that we need. 
and what he has done. And because of him being filled with all the fullness of God, what he has done for us is enough. Verse 21 says this. who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. That's who we are without Jesus. That's who we are before Jesus. We are alienated from the one who created us, from the one that we are totally dependent on for life and eternal life. We are hostile in mind. We sin. We are against God. We are his enemies, it even says. And we are doing evil deeds. We hurt people. We hurt God. We sin. We lie. We gossip. We do so many things that are just wrong and sinful before God. We separated ourselves from him through our sin. And in the Old Testament, God allowed a a spotless lamb, an innocent lamb's blood, the death of the lamb and the blood poured out from the lamb to wash the Israelites' sins. But this was only a temporary solution. It was only for the Israelites. The enemy still reigns. Death still reigns. Sin still reigns. The only thing that we could have is an act of grace from God. Because our sin is against an infinite God who needs an infinite response, an infinite payment. And Jesus, being fully God, is the only one who could save us. So we go from alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, but through Jesus and through him to reconcile all things. Oh, what's that? Verse 19. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So we were alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. And now we have been reconciled to God. We were separated from him. Now we've been reconciled because of his great love, because of him being rich in mercy towards you and me. We can be forgiven and free from the thing that kills us, from the thing that takes away our life, our joy, from the thing that will lead us to hell and separation from God. We can be saved from it because of Jesus, because of his grace towards us. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what he did. We can be saved because of his great love, his act of grace towards us. We can be saved and reconciled with our creator. We can find our purpose in him. Verse 22, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach. So we go from alienated from God, hostile in mind towards God, and doing evil deeds against God, to being holy before God, blameless before Him, and above reproach before Him. That is an incredible thing. That we can go from completely deserving of punishment and just full of evil, and that's me, we can go from that to holy and blameless and above reproach. 
that God looks at us and he sees Jesus, who is fully God, who is perfect. We can go from death to life. We can go from enemies of God to his children. We can go from from eating in the pig's trough to sitting at the king's table because of Jesus. And he now lives in us. Verse 27, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we believe in Jesus, when we find forgiveness, we've been reconciled to God. We are filled with His Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit of Jesus. We can know the God who created the world. We can search the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit can open our eyes to lead us to more of God. That we can know the fullness of God. We can worship the one who has been created for us. We can trust that he is holding us. We can stand in awe of him. He is in us. We can know God. And we can live every day knowing that God is with us and in us. And that and all that that means is a whole, that could be so many sermons, years of sermons and studies. But all you need to know right now is God loves you enough to die for you. To take your sins away and now he lives in you. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance. The hope of glory that one day we will know God fully. That we'll see him face to face. It's amazing. Some of us here have experienced it. We need to share this. We need to share this truth with others. Others need to know the reason why they exist. Others need to know that God loves them. Others need to know that they've sinned before God, but that God has made a way to forgive them. Others need to know this. I need to share this with my friends. People need to know their purpose. They need to have that void in their heart filled. The eternity that's in place for them. God needs to take that space in people's hearts. And they only hear it if we preach the word. If we share it. If we proclaim Jesus. Verse 28. Him we proclaim. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. That we may present everyone mature in Christ. In Christ. Him we proclaim. Jesus, we proclaim. We proclaim Him. This city is only going to be saved and changed through the power and the love of Jesus Christ working in them. And they only will know that if we are stepping out, meeting them where they're at, and sharing the good news. And don't be afraid of saying the wrong things. God is with you. Jesus is with you. He'll help you. And it says in verse 29, For this I toil, struggling with all of his energy that he powerfully works within me. When we proclaim Jesus, when we share Jesus, Jesus says that he will give us energy, that he will empower us to do this. You are not alone. 
you are not alone. Let's stay in the fire for a little bit longer as he purifies us. Let's keep sharing the love of Jesus with people that they may know the hope of glory that we have, the everlasting love that we have, the feeling of being held, the feeling of of knowing your purpose, of waking up each day knowing the reason that you are breathing. Let's share that with people this week. And it's it can be hard. It is hard. Some people are super receptive to it. Some people aren't. And if they're not, that's okay. Pray for them. Don't give up on them. Pray for them. Be their friend. Be there for them. Help them. Care for them. Go and share the love of Christ with them through other ways that they may know him. That they may eventually become mature in Christ. That we can present them before the Father saying, this is your child whom you've saved, whom you've loved. I want my friends and family to know Jesus, to know God. I want them to know him. I got to take the opportunity. I got to pray for opportunities. I got to ask God to provide me with opportunities. And then to pray for boldness and courage to, to take that opportunity. Pray for wisdom to know what that person needs. Pray for a word from the Spirit that you may speak to that person in a way that only God knows. There are so many stories of God speaking to people about things that, and through other people, that God will speak to someone and share a story about the other person, even though this person has never heard that story before. It just shows that God is with them. God loves them, and God wants them. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He desires that all should be saved. And he wants to use us. This is his plan. To share the word with people. The truth of Jesus. He doesn't have a vacuum. It's you. It's you and your family and your friends and this church. It's us. We need to share the love of Christ. And friends, that is the most incredible calling. That is the most That is the greatest privilege, the most amazing honor, that we can say to somebody, hey, you are loved, and you can know why you've been saved. God knit you together in your mother's womb. God has been with you through every trial and struggle and pain and trauma that you have been through. God has been with you. He's holding you. He loves you. And you can know him and be forgiven That is the incredible truth. So Jesus is the image of God. He is the firstborn over all creation. He is the creator of all things, including you. He is the reason that all things have been created. He has always been. He holds everything together. He is the head of the church. He is the living one, alive forevermore. He is preeminent in all things. He holds the fullness of God within him. He reconciled us to God through the blood shed on the cross. He is in us and he is with us, empowering us as we proclaim him to others. The band comes up.
I encourage you this week to seek His face. That we may know Jesus as supreme and sufficient over all things. Supreme over my life. Supreme over everybody's life. That when we look at people, we can say that God created them and we can love them. Let's read His word. Let's pray. Let's spend time with Him. And let's ask for opportunities to share Him with others. Let's close our eyes. And as we were praying this morning, Rach felt God speaking to her that we need to have a time where we can give our lives to Jesus. Where those who don't know can give their lives to Jesus. And if that's you this morning, keep your eyes closed. Holy Spirit, whatever you feel speaking to you. Know that God loves you. That God has been with you through everything in your life. That you have never been alone. He has never left you or forsaken you. He is with you. So with our eyes closed, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands for those who want to know Jesus. For those who want to be reconciled to God this morning. Put your hands up now. Nobody's looking. I encourage you. I implore you to share it with me. Amen. I implore you, be reconciled to God, the creator of the universe, the one who holds your heart. He sees you and he loves you. Thank you. Now pray with me. God, I, I come before you. still closed. Any elders or staff, they could come to the front and just be available to pray with people. If you need prayer, if you decided to follow Jesus this morning, please come up and receive prayer, receive a blessing, and find the path to life. For in His presence there is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore, and that is a joy for us. So it's amazing, with your eyes still closed, it's amazing that you made that decision. I encourage you to come up to be prayed with. Oh Lord, as we worship, I just, I pray that you would open our hearts. I thank you that it's only you working, God. It's not my words, it's nothing that I've said or done or anything. Holy Spirit, it's you, and I thank you for that. Lord, would you meet with us Today, this week, this month, this year, for the rest of our lives, as we walk in step with you, knowing that you are with us, that you are the creator of all things, that you are king over all. 
and I want you to be the king of my life. I want to experience fullness of life. Just like Mike and Vanessa said, I want to be made into what you have called me to be in my life. Lord, I want to live a life that is better than anything I could ever dream of. I want my family, we want our families to live fully in your presence, Lord. As we seek your word, as we seek your face through your word, as we're filled with your spirit, would you walk with us? Would you use us? Would you empower us? We love you. We praise you.